0: You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Wednesday, September second, 2020. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. Around 100 students started remote classes in Cake on Monday. The school will remain fully remote until the community sees no confirmed coronavirus cases for two weeks straight. The small Krupernoff Island community has reported 16 total cases in the last three weeks, according to data from SEARCH. KCAW's Aaron McKinstry spoke with Cake City School District Superintendent Rich Cadehay about the school's plan to balance educational needs and community health and safety concerns.
1: It sounds like you're going to be starting in the the red zone, the high risk zone, so that's fully remote.
0: Yeah, um, it's
2: very unfortunate to tell you the truth. We'd rather just see our students come into our buildings again and to have in person education and uh, to deliver instructions that way. But with our COVID situation right now, we are in red, so, uh, you know, having to be in a small community, we are making sure that even with one case in the community, we are to ensure that we have a uh, good way to uh, deliver education and uh, to keep the community safe.
1: Yeah. So starting out, being fully remote, what will that look like? What sort of platform will, will you be using? Like what will generally the students' days look like?
2: So we, uh, you know, we had this back in March and um, our staff have really stepped up and they've done a wonderful job in uh, delivering a remote education we were very successful, even though we haven't done it before. But, uh, again, you know, like everything else, there are some areas that we can improve on. So now that we are in red and uh, we were, we are in the same situation where we were in March, but in a different way, a little more experience, uh, we have other things that we could look and two, to ensure that, that we deliver uh, remote learning uh, in a, uh, a little more of an uh, intentional way and so our students will have a little more of a quality education even though it's remote learning.
1: Yeah, so will students be tuning in over Zoom or Google Meet or, or how will that
2: look? So it's, it's a combination. It's a, a blended learning where we have Zoom. We are very conscious of the fact that, uh, you know, some age group would uh, require just a limited time in Zoom. And then we, we'll, in between that, we have uh, also send work home.
1: Have there been concerns at all about students who may not have Internet access or the appropriate technology to be able to tune in remotely? Is that something that the district has been dealing with at all?
2: Oh, yes, uh, that's... Um that's something that we're working on, and uh, we hope to get some funding for, from OVK, our tribal organization here, or from the city, to ensure that those kids will have internet access. And uh, we want to ensure that they they have access to the same education as everybody else.
1: So this is more about the green and yellow zones, which at the start you won't be operating in, but... I was looking through the plan and just noticed that the the schedules for kids can be really kind of complicated. I just wondered, you know, how you've talked about helping parents and students keep track of of when they need to be at the school and and where they need to be and all of that because it's a lot of different schedules.
2: Oh yeah, that's uh, that's the hard part. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it takes a lot of coordinating and um, uh, collaboration with our parents. And uh, we will continue to work on that piece as well, just in case, so that, uh, you know, we will, you know, hopefully slide right in to uh, green or yellow to ensure that uh, these students are, you know, their education is not interrupted.
0: That was KCAW's Aaron McKinstry speaking with Cake City School District Superintendent Rich Cadahay. A link to the district's full plan is available on our website, kcaw.org. Amy Bethune is one of eight candidates vying for two open seats on the Sitka Assembly, and she says she's throwing her hat in the ring because she's concerned about Sitka's economy. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports.
3: My name is Amy Bethune, and I am running for the Office of the Assembly. Um, I graduated from the University of Alaska Fairbanks um, almost 26 24 years ago. I have a bachelor's degree in bio- biology.
4: Journalism minor. Bethune has lived in Alaska for 26 years, and she moved to Sitka four years ago. Right now, she homeschools her two children. In the past, she's worked in a variety of fields, from the visitor industry to accounting to the nonprofit sector, including five years as an office manager for Habitat for Humanity. She doesn't have any previous experience in public office, but she's running for an assembly seat this year because she's worried about the local economy. Just watching
3: what's happened um, to, our, to our country and our city and our state this past month concerned about the lost, lost jobs, um, small businesses that have been shut down and decreasing tourism traffic for us here. Um, and just grieved by the division that I see in the country. And, and I just believe that we ha- we have more far more in common than that which divides us. And I'd like to help contribute to that conversation.
4: As an assembly member, she says she wants to support small businesses and job opportunities for Sitkins and is in favor of the city's current effort to build a local marine haul out.
3: One of the things that I think That we can do is help keep taxes low, help keep costs stable, help increase uh, just the income opportunities and jobs for families so they can stay.
4: Though she's concerned about economic stagnation in the wake of a pandemic, she thinks Sitka is doing well with its COVID 19 response, with many recoveries and a low hospitalization rate. And she thinks the Assembly has passed a strong CARES Act budget to provide some community relief. But she did voice her concern when it recently considered a local mask requirement.
3: I am definitely pro mass choice. I don't think it should be mandated. Um, and and so even though this wasn't a mandate, um, based on the, the resolution
4: language,
5: it
3: was possibly one step toward one. So I wanted to speak
4: out. Bethune says she also wants to address affordable housing, support health outreach programs, and keep taxes low. Though she knows that as far as legislation goes, the first year will be a learning curve should she be elected.
3: I'm definitely in the learning process. I am... Um, um, welcoming of all ideas. I uh, am a good listener. I think the things, main things on my, on my list are um, at this, this moment are just the economy and supporting responsible economic development.
4: Amy Bethune is one of eight candidates running for two open seats on the Sitka Assembly this fall. Richard Ween and Stephen Eisenbeis are vacating their seats. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Katherine Rose.
0: Raven Radio will provide continuous election coverage in the weeks leading up to the municipal election on October 6th. You can find information about all of the candidates running for local office on our election hub later this month. With more heavy rains on August 31st, Sitka joined other communities in Southeast by topping its record for the most rainy days. Petersburg and Ketchikan saw their rainiest summers on record. KFSK's Angela Denning has more.
6: Much of Southeast Alaska is a temperate rainforest so residents are used to getting wet. But this summer was a little extreme, even for their standards.
5: It was just low after low.
6: Kimberly Vaughn is a Juno resident and the observation program leader for the National Weather Service.
5: Summer was almost a perpetual fall in how the weather patterns came in. June, July, and August seemed like we were stuck in September.
6: June is supposed to be one of the driest months of the summer in Southeast, but not this year. Petersburg and Ketchikan saw the rainiest summers on record for June, July, and August. Nearly 32 inches of rain fell in Petersburg, breaking the old record of just over 31 inches set in 2015. Ketchikan saw 47 inches of rain this summer, breaking the old 2017 record. Rain records for Petersburg go back to the 1920s, but have some gaps here and there. Still, Vaughn says, it was a notable year.
5: A lot of atmospheric rivers just came into the Panhandle. It's just not typical for us to have so much onshore flow coming in with such an abundance of moisture.
6: Juneau was very close to its rain record for the season. As of the last day of August, there was about 23 inches of rain, just an inch shy of the 2014 record. Still, one of Juno's recording sites south of the downtown area actually had the highest rainfall of all sites in the state for the month of July. For Petersburg and Ketchikan, Vaughn says breaking the summer's rainfall records was a combination of having many rainy days and days with heavy rainfall. Petersburg had four days in August with over an inch. But other towns in the region also saw days of unusually heavy rain.
5: You know, we were seeing... Uh, records being broke by double the amount of what the record was in some cases. And we definitely had, you know, multiple days where we were seeing an inch or more. Uh, Some stations, especially down south, that typically get more rain, like Ketchikan over Petersburg, they were seeing daily amounts of over two inches in some cases.
6: Ketchikan also broke its record for most rainy days. It saw 68 days of rain, one more day than the record set back in 1933 and 1940. Likewise, Sitka broke its record for most rainy days at 70 days, breaking its 2015 record of 66. Lots of rain in southeast is not a bad thing. Much of the region had experienced drought conditions over the last few years. Now, that's all in the past, and watersheds are once again full. As for the long-term forecast, Vaughn says southeast could see some above normal temperatures this fall, but precipitation looks about normal. In Petersburg, I'm Angela Denning.
0: I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. This
6: is